Have you set a course for your life? Many of us do that every day. We balance work, love, health, purpose, and play. We have to keep up with so much. This is a show about conscious living. Join us for cruising in the light and shadow. Mm. Hello, my name is Inanna Moon. I am Keecha. So why don't we talk a little bit about why we're calling it light and shadow. Um, you know, the, the thought sometimes comes from people when you talk about, let's just jump to shadow rather than light, because some people consider talking about shadow, are you talking about negativity? Are you talking about darkness. scary things? Yeah. Dar- yes, the darkness. Um, we're talking, when we talk about the light, it's in balance always with the shadow. It's about it's about how we function in the world. Um, the shadow, simply put, are the difficulties and the challenges we face. Um, within that, most certainly, when we talk about the shadow, it's facing our inner selves, um, our own pain, possibly. But it's not about living in that pain or dwelling in that pain. It's about the course of how the light threads through the shadow and how the shadow threads through the light. And mainly for me, we live in our, we live working through our shadow, working through our difficulties and our challenges to get to the light. But the light also then holds the wisdom we've received from the shadow. Anyway, that's my thought. I love that. Okay, so then when we spoke about this, mm-hmm. I thought about the Leonard Cohen quote. Yes. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've always loved that. And I like how you said it has a course, and that's kind of like what this is about. Mm-hmm. We're cruising through the light right, and shadows. Right, Learning. And in ancient yoga philosophy, the point of the shadow is you you welcome that as part of who you are you're while you are you're not holding on to the shadow side or making a habit of living in a dark place or a depressed place or a or a place where there's always pain because some people do a lot of, there are people that choose that but the point is to face it and if you stand and face what is difficult very necessarily, you will find solutions to that pain. We are beings who flow, which is what light is. And if we flow, we're not going to want to stay in the shadow. We're going to want to find our joy, our laughter, our peace, our fun. Um, So we go back and forth. It is a balance. It's not a negating or denying the shadow, or only being in the light. It's it's a willingness to flow between the two, <laughs> therefore cruising. <laughs> yes, and being able to do it without freaking out so much or wanting the drama of right. the shadows. Right. So um, we were going to talk about what you do. Well, there was... There was a little something about how we met, and yes. I, I don't, I don't fully know how you got to know who I was, except through one friend. Yeah, so. and that's that kind of all ties together because oh, um, okay. uh, we met because um, our friend, our mutual friend, told me mm-hmm. that you were an intuitive, 
And I had a beloved cat, and I didn't know if I wanted to put him, if it was time to put him down. Oh, right, right. So I took a journey with my cat, a meditative journey, just him and I. And then um, I contacted you the next day, and you, verbatim, said the journey. You repeated it back to me. So So it was more a confirmation then. Exactly. Which is what happens intuitively um, for me. Um, How I got into it was actually during the time... um, a long time back, many, many, many years back, um, when I was asked to teach meditation. And I was in an organization, a yogic organization, and I was learning Raj Yoga meditation. And it's a meditation, a kind of meditation that takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. I had, I started it because I was indeed having depression, anxiety, ah, um, a lot of sh- yes, a lot <laughs> of shadows, a lot of shifts in my life, and I didn't know how to cope with them. <laughs> there was a good therapist involved. I don't mind saying <laughs> that, but I also started studying this very deep kind of meditation. And as I learned to sit in the meditation, learn to be comfortable um, with myself, come to you know, it's may you know, today even it may sound cliche, come to love myself. Um, at some point I was asked to teach the meditation, and what happened was as I was teaching meditation to people, I was picking up on what was going on with them. I could see moments in their lives, I could see crises in their lives, and I sometimes people need someone to give a voice to what's going on with them. And that was happening on a regular basis. Wow. And um, it was exciting. And it was very new. Um, I used to have, I think with anyone who might be listening to this, there are plenty of people I've met that have people come to them for advice. There are certain people that just kind of... You gravitate to them. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's how I became... Um, attuned to being intuitive and then I thought this is a journey there's so much possibility here and trying to make a long story short I went from I went from the meditation into um, past life regression which made my hands heat up and I I on my own thought that regression something about that meant healing and so in with a certain person yeah with yes with a certain person a certain lifetime um i was apparently a healer in that lifetime okay for you this may go way out here for (laughs) for some people (laughs) i always say take what you need and leave the rest exactly um but yes my hands heated up then i in this lifetime (laughs) left that and went okay, how does that work? What is this whole thing? And I'd been reading a lot anyway about various, all things metaphysical. I'm just passionate about had, learning about all these different had things. Had you always been that passionate about metaphysical or at this point I, in your life? I think I can say that I was um, spiritual. Um, I was a Christian growing up in the Midwest but I always tended to like the mystic side of things. And when you came out here, mm-hmm. um, you were a performer, right? That's right. 
And That's so right, the, yeah. the creative part of you was already open to... It was part, open parts of me. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, the creative side was open, but there were parts of me that were dragging behind. And that... Um, I'm going to say, remember, this was that at that point, it was the 90s, which gave rise to the um, self healing, self um, understanding kind of period that went on in I I know it was across the country, but um, but in Southern California, there was a lot about that. Um, I knew that there were childhood things that I was working on. And that's what came up between, you know, not that I'm suggesting everybody has to do this, but between the good therapist and the good (laughs) meditation, I did sit in the middle of my shadow and my difficulties Mm -hmm. and challenges and faced them. And the more I did that, the faster I was able to dispel that negativity for the light or that difficulty for those challenges for the light. Oh, wow. Um, So that kind of became my path. Well, what else could I learn spiritually or metaphysically or psychically? And then what else could I heal from? And I've always had a thing about wanting to share with other people or help other people. But I didn't know if I was supposed to go out and do that, except I'd been asked to teach. And pretty much like that, everything that I do now I had been asked to do by other people over time. Like this. Like this. (laughs) Like Reiki healing, why my hands heated up. was not just Reiki, but it was energetic healing. Can you give a quick, what Mm. is Reiki? Reiki is like the ancient, um, there's an an old term, hands-on healing or a laying on of hands. And Reiki is that with a Japanese name because the founder Mm. of that form of... um, just this type of energy healing, um, called it Reiki, which is universal life force energy. Um, it's considered to be the very beautiful healing energy of any of our ancient masters, from the Buddha to Jesus to mm-hmm. whoever you care to name, um, all the way to Mother Teresa who probably would not be talking about Reiki, but she certainly was a healer and channeled very loving, peaceful, light energy that helps, that does help rebalance you. And there's no wonder I would have found that, I think, because I'm always looking for that balance between the light and the shadow. So see, like, I believe that we have all of these things in us, the intuitiveness, the Reiki. Um, We just haven't tapped into it or some you know some people just don't this time around mm-hmm. so Very true. you do teach reiki and you bring that out in people you, you also i do, do i still teach i still teach meditation i do work as an intuitive medium um, and i teach reiki energy work and it's always interesting when people come to that point where they say i'm what is the, what is this Reiki thing or what is this energy healing or I've always been considered a healer a lot of people don't know the term Reiki they just know something in them has they have it in their heart to heal and um, and it's you know again I think that every one of these can be just one journey just one passion 
Um, I just happen to really, I, I tend to, I tend to not jump around. Actually, this isn't for me. I, I consider this being a student, all of this spirituality, and it's, and it's kind of a thing of, of, oh my goodness, I think I'm going to learn this, but I'm going to also incorporate it into what else I do. And how do these things work together? How do these these things not work together? Because oh. um, we, we can also throw in there, I know for you, um, some of the divine feminine spirituality. Um, I don't know if you do shamanic practices. I've, um, I've been around other women who've done it, so I've uh, dipped my toe into it. Um, <laughs> I embrace all all the good parts of religion and spirituality so i i do take parts of it i've done um shamanic journey and healing with um it felt like reiki but we were healing i mean i guess as a group um yes as a group but uh primarily like one one woman that i'm that we just seem to work really well together we did uh a, a journey isn't that interesting when you find someone on the same wavelength it, it, yeah. yeah, and it's it, we went deep, and she's more shamanic, mm-hmm. um, so that's Native American, yes? Yes. So, yeah. Well, it's not just Native American. Shamanism is actually worldwide. It started in the ancient world and came forward. So, you know, one of the I things... I know, it's, just, <laughs> it's so exciting <laughs> just to think about the fact that it wasn't just the Native Americans, but you're talking about starting in... Um, the ancient Teutonic and then Slavic countries. Oh, wow. Um, and again, the tribal, it's the tribal customs that seem to be, and all the way to the Celts, um, all, of, all of the practices are very similar all across the world, which is fascinating. Joseph Campbell, the anthropologist, um, said that that you know what it, who, th- there are a couple of questions is it did all of this arise all over the world at any given time when we're discussing the ancient world um did were there travelers that took the information around mm. or was it that everybody was going through all the same things everybody needs guidance everybody needs light help with their shadow uh there are if we're talking about the rituals of living and dying or birth sustaining your life thing, and yeah. passing we all are going through that so mm-hmm. it seemed to arise through time through all of these cultures it and if we're talking about healing hands um yes. if you think about it like um in christian churches you know they do the healing hands they as do. well so it's the same it's the same thing i say it's all the same thing just everybody has a different name for it <laughs> Um, I don't know if you, did you have a background in going to church or to? Oh, yeah. So my mom was Catholic. Mm -hmm. My dad is Mormon. I went to Catholic school, Baptist school, and Church of Christ school. Oh, my. Yeah. And so now I'm just, like I said, I've taken from all that. And just, it's all, it's all there. It's all there. I agree with that. I, you don't have to say goodbye to your no. past or what you have believed in before. It's a growth or an expansion of that, to me, anyway, personally. Yeah, and I, I embrace, I've, I've learned a little bit about Buddhism, um, obviously the goddess tradition, um, 
I'm curious about the the and Judaism. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my goodness, because yeah. um, some of my healing teachers Tremendous are tradition. so they they follow the Jewish tradition and the goddess tradition. Yes, and I mean all of it makes sense to me. Like some some of the holidays in Judaism, it's like oh yeah, that makes sense. It's in in the fall, you know, you start over. It's the end of the year, and then you start over, and it just kind of feels like that. Everything falls away. I know the Celtics. That's the same thing, right? Absolutely, with the Celtic tradition. That was one of the first things I studied. And also, uh, that's part of, I don't mind saying, part of my background as well. And my family is is Native American. Um, there is Scott-Irish. Wow. And I know. I know like, well, if you saw some of my ancestors, you could see that very clearly. <laughs> like, and some of, and um, also whatever we would consider... African American, but we—I've never been able to, you know, maybe I needed that blood test uh, to figure <laughs> out what, you know, the, what is the African? Is there a tribe? Is there a region that that my family was part of? But um, as an inquisitive teenager, I got into all of that. So when I went through studying meditation and other metaphysical things. Um, the Celtic, the ancient Celtic traditions were presented to me by by some friends and um, metaphysical teachers, ritual mm. people who who practice ritual and so forth. So I learned, yes, exactly that. There are seasons of the year. Our bodies, our minds, our our psyches follow those seasons of the year. We live through them. So why not let those work for us as we move through so you know for instance going into the the time of the harvest that we're kind of into now coming coming starting, further yeah. into but anyway that's what you were you were saying yeah and um, i wanted to go back just to one thing to ask you so in your church services when there was a holding of hands i'm just going to finish with <laughs> with the healing part oh, yeah. was the holding of hands um, did you find that healing or did you, do you remember or recall what you felt about that? Um, I tend to, um, I guess even when I was little, I tend to pick up on people's, um, energy. So it wasn't always intuitively. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it was, oh, this is nice. You know, we're all holding hands and mm -hmm. healing. And sometimes it'd be like, mm, don't really want to hold your hand. <laughs> or some people. Yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. be normal. There are yeah. people you are in a, a good place with, and others you may not know them, but you wonder why you feel that way. Exactly. About people like, hmm, maybe. I'll stand further away from yeah, and from and it just it, it it never made sense. Like sometimes I just you know be very shy and like just don't. But I think again when we're kids, I think we're very open to that, right? Yes. And then and then as you grow older, it's they're telling you don't you know don't do that you know be polite. Be polite. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, even babies, right? You know, sometimes babies will go no. I don't want to get close to you, and I usually tend and they'll to just scream out loud mm -hmm. when they don't like what <laughs> what's around them. I usually tend to go, oh, okay, I'll keep my eye on you, person over there. <laughs> if the baby and the dog, and you know, kind of like, mm. but um, my dad, uh, being Mormon though, um, seemed to be very open minded, mm -hmm. and um, when I was about eight, he he got into this whole psychic thing and had me tested. And apparently really? I, I was, 
according right. to UCLA. But uh, my mom, being very Catholic, did not oh, said really no appreciate it. Yeah, oh, so darn. I like closed <laughs> off to it. And it's it's interesting because he is Mormon, and that's not very. Uh, I don't hear that very often that they're I've into not, it. Yeah, I've not heard that. Although I find Mormonism even has int- you know it has interesting ideas. It does. What did they discern though? What you were, whether you were clairsentient or you know See, if, if it was remember. it was yeah. empathic or they, clairvoyant, meaning seeing i think it was seeing seeing because they were asking me like you know what color over the phone ironically again because that's how inana and i got to know each other over the phone that's right um and then my dad is i believe he could be a reiki healer or a healer because he would his hands his hands would get um hot and then like bruises he would uh just run energy over and they would disappear and they disappear or headaches that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happens it's quite remarkable and it's not just that someone is doing that for you but what's happening is the healer is placing their hand over some some area of the body but it's the body of the person who's receiving the energy that um that takes that in the body our bodies are intelligent it's the, the body even is energy itself. Yeah. You know? So um, it's taking it in. It's just receiving more of what it needs. Yeah. And we're, as practitioners, we're allowing for that. We're not using our own bodies, but we're calling on energies around us, energy from the earth, if you want. That would be more shamanic, taking from the requesting energy from the earth, the earth always giving as a, you know, like a the shamanism would say as a mother would, and then that flowing through you to the person receiving the healing. And um, amazing things happen. Bruises disappear pretty easily, pretty they, quickly. They would. My dad really, yeah, he, in, as an eight-year-old, I would be like, wow, that's, sorry, that's <laughs> really loud. <laughs> wow, that's, that's really cool. And then his brother uh, was an intuitive that was um scary intuitive like he would he would know i mean he would he would tell people like yeah get your stuff he would just volunteer yeah. well they would oh. come yeah like get your stuff together because um yeah he would, okay <laughs> i'm making a little bit of a face because if you're if you've done any work or training or read about intuitives that's a hard thing you you're kind of asked not to say, well, it looks like these are the end of your days. It's like, no, <laughs> there's actually a preference to, to because you, what, I've, what I've experienced is that people usually know when it's... I think they do. ...the end of <laughs> yeah. that, this phase of living in the physical form, and they're coming to receive something else. And it may be a confirmation that they get from you, but they're... To say to some, I was always taught it's a decision between you and spirit or you and God, goddess, the higher being when you leave this earth. You will decide for yourself. So, but interesting that he was able. I mean, he would do it gently and then, you know, turn around to us and say, yeah, they're they're not going to be around. And yeah, in, in a couple of weeks or a few days, they would go. And again, Very I was like 13 and just like, wow, that, that was a trip. And then the other brother would do hypnotism. 
hypnosis. So this runs in your family. It does. <laughs> and my mom was very intuitive too, but you know, the, the whole Catholic thing. But you know, she would, you know, she'd give me the look when, you know. She what did she something. think of the hypnotism? Um, I think, I don't know. She would, I, she would leave the room. I mean, because we'd, you know, do the family gatherings. We're Latin. Oh, yes. So that's big families. Oh, so it's right. the dad's side, the mom's side. Sometimes they'd mix. And so it's like all the cousins would come in. Oh, hypnotize me, uncle. Hypnotize me, Theo. Come on. And, but my dad and my, uh, my uncle, who was my godfather, the one who was intuitive, he, they would, they'd say, don't, don't get hypnotized. Whatever you do, don't get hypnotized. So. You don't know what his, do you know what his fear was around I, that? Or? I don't, I, I think he, he, and they were brothers, so that was ironic, right? One Very had one. much so. The, my godfather would just be, I, I don't know, my feeling, and that's just what Obviously, I can go by. My feeling was that it was a lack of free will at that point. Ah, all right. So um, hypnotism is likened to um, meditation. Um, it's sometimes considered, meditation is sometimes considered self-hypnosis. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, so you're getting, you're getting meditation, really, but with someone assisting or guiding you is really what, it's considered to be and you should unless trust you have person. you have to absolutely trust <laughs> the hypnotist exactly yeah. um, because they should be there for your good for your benefit um, so, so that's very interesting yeah, it's like whatever whatever you do don't get hypnotized yeah and, and I don't think he does it anymore um, hmm. but perhaps I, again my feeling is perhaps my godfather just felt he could get you in there and maybe not be able to get you oh, out. Oh, and lead I seem you to back. like. Yeah, I seem to be remembering something about that. Like, you might. My Godfather saying you might end up staying there. Oh my! So maybe you know he didn't feel sorry. Sorry, Theos. <laughs> so there's a fear of that with meditation. Um, when I've when I've taught, um, particularly individually, people will tell about their fears of what meditation is, or they've tried it. And if they are, and I will actually say, if you're in the in a, a space where you go more deeply into your meditation, there will be a point where it feels like you're floating yes. away, and people are very afraid of that. They fear they're losing control. Oh, but and what I love that feeling. What they oh, see, oh, you're. <laughs> Okay, I love this about you. <laughs> You're in a different place than the people are like, I never wanted to meditate again. <laughs> oh, no, I'm like, bring it, bring it, let's well, find it that. Isn't, it, isn't, it isn't a thing to be afraid of, but it is good to have a teacher or someone to help that's been there to experience it. That, yes, you do. You can at some point become, and this really is being in the balance of your light and your shadow and your higher self. There's a higher mind to all of us that knows we're fine, that knows we're peaceful, that knows whatever anxiety you're having, you're going to come out of it, or whatever depression you're having, you're going to come out of it. Something in you knows that. So we need that to be stronger is my feeling. And a lot of the feeling of people who teach meditation, that higher self has the wisdom that carries you through when the the ego part of us, which there is a healthy ego. So often we talk about negative ego, but there's That's a true. healthy ego that allows you um, that that allows you to want what you want. But it can it can get stuck and it can get scared that the child ego in us, the the 
the part that isn't always in control of the world around it. It's trying to figure it all out. Because there's, the ego is born when we physically come into the world. And the higher self is sustained no matter this lifetime. Mm -hmm. If you believe in next lifetimes, there's the, that being is, is present all the way through. So when you feel that feeling when you're meditating of lifting up or lifting out, but it, what you want to recognize is that it's calm and peaceful, that um, there, there is a lightness there, but that you are indeed still connected to your physical body and you're going to come back in. And you're conscious all the way through. That's not an unconsciousness. It's a hyper or super consciousness is actually what it is. And I'll stop there. That's, a, that's for another time, perhaps. <laughs> we have so many subjects. So I'm many so topics. excited about that. All right. Um. <laughs> um, so just to close is um, I, I, we, we discussed having a little meditation. And um, please feel free to join in. If you are driving, however, please just listen to the thoughts. Do not close your eyes. Do not <laughs> join in the meditative energy, per se, but take in these thoughts. So take a deep breath in and release and relax. We are talking about consciousness, mindfulness, and being. Keep in mind you are a conscious being living in the here and now. Breathe in and breathe out and relax into that. The past is behind you. The future is our dream. All we have is what exists right now. And as I said, whether you thought of all of your challenges in that moment when you realized living in the now is where you are, the challenges, or maybe you thought about the good times we're living in, within you is a being of peace. That means you are traveling through your life in this very moment, taking it one step at a time. No matter what you feel you have to handle, you are doing it already, aren't you? And you're not alone. We are all with you. We are all together. So all there is is the now. Enjoy it. Breathe in one more time and breathe out. All there is is the now. Your choices are here. All of the things that you can choose might be peace, joy, enjoying walking through the shadows and the light, enjoying the yin and yang of life, which means in the shadow there's a bit of light and in the light there's a bit of shadow. You are a being of harmony and understanding. We gain insight from our solutions. We gain our wisdom. We gain balance. So come back in. Come back to breath. Come back to love. In the now. Satnam. Mm. Satnam. Satnam, which means truth is my name. Truth is who I am. Mm. <laughs> 
in our present moment. Thank you. Thank you. And so our closing thought, um, everything we do does affect other people. So I say go forth with love. And to you also. Thank you. <laughs>